morning, good evening, wherever you're joining from. I'm Abhinav Agarwal, curator of the Indic Book Club, and I have uh, with us, uh, and we have with here today, uh, S. Anuradha, the author of uh, the book, The Friendless God, if I can get this to show, well, okay, I will show it just as, I, as soon as I switch off uh, my virtual background. So, uh, Anuradha is a, a financial journalist, historian, commentator, an archivist, and a novelist. And I'm very, very fascinated with the, the archivist part of uh, of this. And I'll uh, ask you, uh, you know, as we get through this uh, Q and A. And she wrote in 2017 this uh, this book uh, called uh, "The Friendless God." And it says it's a Kodanda's search for Lord Ram and which brought him to Ram Janam Bhumi Babri Masjid. And uh, the back of the book says that the friendless God is a novel set in modern India and tracks the lives of three individuals, one of whom loves, the second hates, and the third makes use of Lord Ram. Kodanda is fascinated by Lord Ram, but is unable to worship him because he faces resistance from his strong-willed mother, Vedehi, and for street smart orphan Raman, Lord Rama is another tool to move ahead in life. And the novel traces the lives of these three and their different equations with Lord Rama. Its denouement happens on the day millions converged in Ayodhya to lay claim to the land they considered the birthplace of Rama. Now, I'll give you a bit, little bit of background. When I first got this copy of this book, I will straight away admit I wasn't sure what to make of it because often enough we have books written on Rama and Ayodhya and which leave us slightly you know less than good taste in the mouth. When I started reading this book I was struck by two or three things. First of all it's a very very evocative book. It, it, the, the language, the prose just moves you beyond words the emotions it uh, it evokes and uh, how it ties in the three uh, you know the three characters and their lives and how and when they intersect and how they lead us to that fateful day in ayodhya i think uh, is is frankly nothing short of a stunning work in my opinion it is one of those books that uh, i you know i i would wholeheartedly recommend to anyone and everyone and when the opportunity came to do this uh, Q&A with Anuradha, I was, you know, absolutely delighted. And today is the 5th of December. So I think uh, we, have, uh, uh, we have an even more opportune time and occasion to talk to her about this book. So with that, Anuradha, uh, welcome. And can you hear us? I I think she is having some audio issues, so I am going to ping her and see if she is online. Yes, I think she's having some uh, internet issues. So what I'm going to do is uh, uh, I want to read out uh, uh, a couple of, uh, you know, uh, passages uh, from the book and uh, 
we'll see if Anuradha can join us. So there is Vedehi, who is uh, Kodanda's uh, mother. And she used to sing Tyagraj Kritis. And for reasons, uh, you know, that are explained in the book, she stopped singing them. And she also then, the book tells us, develops an aversion to, she doesn't want to hear, she doesn't want uh, to talk about, uh, she doesn't want anything to do with Lord Rama in her life. Her son, ironically enough, is named Kodanda. And Kodanda, despite her mother's, despite his mother's best uh, intentions and efforts, he is inexorably drawn to Lord Rama in one way or the other. Then you have Dashrath, who is a small-time politician who also sees Rama as a way of advancing his political career. Then you have Raman, who is a very street-smart guy and who also somehow ends up in this book with, uh, uh, you know, coming up with things and schemes and a way to get ahead in life by hitching on the bandwagon that was gathering steam at the time. And the book is if uh, if you were, uh, and I would definitely encourage you to go in and uh, pick your copy up. This book was published in 2017 and it's been published by Moonlight Books and it is available on uh, on Amazon and, uh, and other websites. So definitely do get hold of this book. Uh, I'm going to see if, hmm. So we don't have Anuradha here. She has dropped off for some internet issues, I think. I'm unable to reach her. So let's uh, hold off for a, for a couple of minutes more. And hi, Anuradha, can you hear us? I can't hear you. Uh, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay, perfect. I'm so sorry. There was some technical um, problem and I got disconnected. Internet. No issues. So I was uh, telling uh, uh, our uh, our viewers about the friendless god and and the you know the characters in there and I, you know, uh, talked about uh, how uh, Vedehi. Uh, uh, is is you know she sort of uh, wants to purge her life of any references to Lord Rama, but her son, who's uh, you know as as I said ironically named Kodanda, he's in, inexorably drawn towards everything about uh, Lord Rama. So let us uh, uh, you know step back and I want to ask you the very first question: what what was the what were the seeds for the story, and how did you uh, come up with the with the idea of this uh, story of this uh, book? Uh, first of all, I, I haven't formally read this talk. I must thank Indic Book Academy Book Club for this talk and uh, having me here uh, on this platform. Now, the seed for this novel is basically uh, those of us who grew in the 90s. You know, this uh, Ram Janma Bhumi was the one which was, uh, you know, virtually all the newspapers were talking about this. This was the topic for discussion. This was the this was what hogged the headlines. Political discussion was around this. This event. This movement actually and which finally of course culminated on December 6th and so it, uh, and 
in those uh, days, you know, Anurag, information was very thing. slow to come to all of us. So can we, I, can I we suggest didn't really thing? understand your, your the image in a certain is, way. Your video is, is I think, freezing a little bit. So to help with the bandwidth, do you want to switch off your uh, your webcam and uh, we'll you know try with just the audio? Okay, so you're not able to see my, the video is uh, freezing? The video is freezing and the, okay. and the audio is also a little spotty. Okay, that is a pity. Okay, then I'll wait. Let me see how to. I, I have to stop the video. Uh, does it help now? I think so. I definitely, yes. Okay. So sorry, please so, continue. Yeah. So, as I said, that this was um, the 90s when the whole um, uh, uh, debate and uh, insult, uh, the political debate, political headlines were all around Ram Janmabhoomi. And what was happening was, on one hand, there was um, the, the information that we were uh, getting was very different from what was politically happening. So it was a very intriguing um, experience for all of us. And uh, that's when I decided to write about this particular um, incident. So how did you, uh, in, you know, so one is to, to write about the incident and, uh, and all, but what led you to kind of come up with this very, very interesting, uh, uh, you know, theme where you have characters, each one of them is named uh, Rama or, or related with the, with Lord Rama. And how do you then figure out, because the if you are writing a fiction novel, one of its main purposes has to be that it, there has to be a story in there. It has to appeal to the reader. It has to take us through some sort of a journey and end in a climax. How... How did you come up with, with, you know, with these three different very, you know, characters, three, four characters, actually? Yeah, uh, actually, at the root of it, uh, I wanted to explore the theme about what is the kind of conflict that can come about between a person who is religious and a person who doesn't believe in God. So what are the kind of conflicts that can come about? And that is represented by, uh, between the uh, literally the battle between Vaidehi uh, and Kodanda. So that was, uh, that was what I wanted to actually highlight through the novel. That is, what are the, the, the points of friction uh, with people with such differing worldviews? And then there are also people um, uh, who are perhaps using religion. So what, what religion, the other theme which I wanted to explore was what religion means to different people. So for some people, it may just be a personal experience, a personal search. And for others, it may be, uh, a way to make it better in life, a way to politically get some gains. So I wanted to explore that aspect also, that what uh, one common Rama, what he can mean to different people and how they can use that deity, that God, that idea to make some sense of their own lives. And that we see happen directly with Kodanda, with Raman and Dasharatha, and in a very indirect way with Vaidehi because she's almost consumed by that hatred for the God, that she is literally living that hatred. That's what is driving her. Otherwise, there's really no uh, meaning in the lives of uh, both uh, Kodanda and uh, Vaidehi. They're leading very, very ordinary lives, but they're driven by this God. And that's what I wanted to actually explore, that one is driven in a certain way and the other person is driven in a completely opposite manner. Yes, yes, very much so. And if you, you know, uh, for me, it was very interesting as to, 
try and figure out who the real protagonist is, so to say, because there is Vaidehi and then there is Raman. And actually it is Raman who ends up traveling to Ayodhya. But in many cases, I, I really felt that the whole book is, is underpinned by Vaidehi's journey. Even though the physical journey is made by Raman, the, you know, the, the metaphysical or, or you know, the, the subtextual journey in the book is taken by Vedehi. And in there, one of the turning points in her life is uh, her experience with the Thyagraja Kritis, right? Yes. So for, for some or for many who are not familiar with, the, you know, with Thyagraja Kritis, do you want to tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, actually, um, the uh, that is the that is a turning point. Music is actually the uh, music plays a very important role in the book, and where there is some dwelling about Vaidehi's characters, because later on uh, there is not much exploration of Vaidehi's character except that how she is combating Raman, uh, uh, sorry Kodanda. But in the beginning is where a slice of her life is shown, where she tries to make a life out of. As a uh, as a career, uh, she make tries to make a career as a Carnatic music singer, and right. uh, uh, this has happened in India. Uh, this has happened in Carnatic music circles in the past. Like a lot of uh, people who are Tamil speaking, they uh, they don't. They, see, Tyagaraj is one of the great composers of the Carnatic Trinity, and he has composed songs uh, mainly on Lord Rama, and his uh, songs are in Telugu. So uh, one of the accusations against uh, Tamilians who sing. Telugu kritis is that they 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 mispronounce the words they don't get the essence of that language, and uh, in between uh, there was a movement in Tamil Nadu where people were saying that don't sing a lot of these Telugu and Sanskrit kritis songs. Kritis is a kritis is actually a song, so don't sing Telugu and Sanskrit songs. Sing sing more of Tamil songs. So she is in a way a victim of that movement. Uh, on one hand, she is herself not able to. Uh, pronounce the words as well as she should and on the other hand when she actually uh, tries to sing in Tamil she finds other problems of course uh, there so the very fact that when she is trying to she she has she encounters two problems with Yagaraja and Rama one where she is not allowed to sing those songs anymore and second when she sings them she has a problem with the pronunciation so that in a way uh, leaves um, leaves are very bitter because music is what has uh, given her survival. Music is what has given her a life. She's a single woman. So she's trying to make a livelihood out of music. And when she's not able to do it, she is actually against anything that represents this music and the God who is uh, the God who she identifies with this music at that time, you know. Fascinating. And, you know, the other thing uh, is the experience of, and, and I, earlier I said Raman, no, it's Kodanda. Kodanda is Vedehi's son, and he uh, makes the physical journey to Ayodhya. So I, I messed that bit up. So my apologies. The second one is uh, Kodanda's experience or his uh, sort of, you know, uh, uh, initiation into the, the devotion of uh, Lord Rama through Kalamkari. And there's a there's a fascinating I think uh, subplot right there in, in itself. Do you want to, you know, without uh, uh, giving out too many spoilers to uh, readers, do you want to talk a little bit about that aspect of it, and and why is Kalamkari such a uh, uh, you know 
what is what what is so special about it and what does uh, kodanda find so special about it yeah see kodanda's journey is uh, because when he is obviously not able to worship god in the way normally people worship which is go to a temple then he starts looking for rama in different things for example he looks out for rama in gardening where he tries to uh, grow tulsi or then he tries to uh, look out for rama in music or else and then one of the key things that he does is uh, through the work of kalamkari see kalamkari is uh, is a work which is very uh, well known in andhra because the novel is set in a way in andhra pradesh and um, uh, traditionally the themes have been religious in nature and uh, but vaidehi is she she wants to take him away from the religion so she what what she does is that she she uh, chance she stumbles upon a muslim kalamkari painter and she thinks that the muslim painter will be you know he is hardly going to teach rama painting of rama to kodanda you see so there the 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 irony of life comes so so this muslim painter who does the second the other see kalamkari is has two themes one is the hindu themes and one is what is the islamic influence where uh, the 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 non hindu themes are uh, block printed you see and painted block printed or painted so there what happens she thinks that uh, ramimuddin in a way is a safe candidate but what um, kodanda realizes and he he figures out that he can make ramimuddin also teach him the kalamkari of the um, uh, the religious kalamkari he can draw god through kalamkari and for ramimuddin it is also a, a going back into the very ancient past where perhaps some of his ancestors would have drawn this so there is a uh, there's a, a flashback there's not really a flashback but it is hinting at possibly what could have been also his uh, hindu roots you see and and but he is he is of course a practicing muslim but he is generous enough to teach uh, uh, kodanda how to draw uh, rama through kalamkari so the whole uh, journey goes it, it looks very harmless i mean it took some time to explore that because i like kalamkari and uh, because it looks like a very from vaidehi's point of view point of view it looks like a very innocent journey but in there also there is some uh, you know there is a catch there for her and she realizes to her utter shock that her child has been only painting uh, rama even there with ramimuddin you know so this is also you know uh, it's 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 very interesting this particular point that uh, much as the mother vedehi tries to steer kodanda away from rama uh, kodanda ends up finding himself drawn finds uh, you know his life and and his experiences intersecting with lord rama in one or more ways so that is one part but isn't there also a, a streak of of rebelliousness in kodanda that uh, i think comes out beautifully yes in fact um, uh, on on uh, if you just read it one may think the character of kodanda is a very um, he's almost pointless because he never really um, he never uh, openly or he's never aggressive but uh, he he does have his own sense of character and he does have his own sense of mind and that comes very early in the book where the first time he kind of rebels because his mother has actually taken him taken him away from school she doesn't believe that the schooling will help him in any way 
and he is not intelligent enough to go to the technical school where he he can learn some skills so he's just sitting at home and like doing household chores because he he of course finds peace in that and he's happy doing it but then suddenly he he realizes that he finds some book where he can where he finds the story of rama and he starts memorizing that story he starts he starts to internalize that story and that's actually where he first kind of rebels against his mother because he wants to do and you know see in our people can control the way we look the way we dress the way we sing the way we worship physically and in the outer outside world they they can control us but how we dwell upon something in our minds nobody can control and that's where kodanda has actually found his own power really speaking because in his mind he has so called memorized that story he has internalized it completely and he is able to live every moment with that uh, deity that he is very fond of you see so those are the ways in which of course i don't want to give up uh, tell too much about the story because i want readers to read and discover for themselves what are the places in this cat and mouse game between the mother and son where um, he tries to uh, learn something and then of course uh, vaidehi being the strong willed woman that she is she kind of cuts it she nips everything in the bud you see or just when it's about to flower correct and uh, very much i think uh, people should read this book to you know to not only uncover the entire plot and how the story progresses but uh, one thing i hope people readers get away from the book like i did was the 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 very moving language and uh i want to how how did you you know so there is both an art and craft to writing as uh, you know everyone says the craft is one thing and we'll leave that aside for just a few minutes but coming to the art part of it right how did you uh you know make the prose so moving and it's not i'll say it is not overly sentimental and the only word i can come up with is it it just moves you as you go through the book it just moves you very very much so i want to ask you and and you know the reason is uh, all of us uh, have at times when we write uh, or when we want to write there there are very strong emotions we want to express but uh, uh, for lack of of uh, you know enough knowledge for lack of enough uh, you know skill in the craft we are sometimes unable to translate with full fidelity our emotions onto paper but in your book i don't think that has been an issue at all the emotions have come through beautifully in it so i personally i'm very interested in this and i'm sure others uh, should, you know would be too yeah see the 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 challenge when i was writing the novel was uh, i had to keep in mind the personality that kodanda was there is just he is a no there is no uh, there is no frill around him so i wanted the language to be as bare as it could be and the the drama to be as uh, as as minimalistic because both um, kodanda and even vaidehi she's a woman of few words and she she doesn't make uh, she's she doesn't say anything more than what is required so that and because i uh, i was using fewer words i was able i thought i mean of course honestly i i don't know how i have put a, i i really don't know how it worked but maybe that was what i was trying to cre- uh, to uh, to uh, recreate was just that raw emotions and which are just not at all um, overstated they are just very ordinary people and through their ordinariness they are able to project a very um, their deep thoughts you see 
so that's how i was i i kept it very minimalistic and i kept the prose and uh, uh, the sentiment really i didn't want to exceed that sentiment at all because if you see both their backgrounds they come as very very ordinary people and and in real life we we don't say dramatic things honestly that i mean that's how i feel we we don't say dramatic things we we just live life and that's what i wanted to explore so essentially you're saying that the, you wanted uh, it to be understated and to let the reader interpret and imbibe it rather than to you know put it in uh, in front of him sort of you know put it in his face yes i i definitely wanted that only because see of uh, uh, while kodanda is, the, is of course the protagonist and in some way maybe my empathy was there i did not want vaidehi uh, to be demonized so there also i did not want to um, you know i didn't want to say anything more than um, what was uh, what was needed because uh, each the reader of course has to make uh, has to go through their own emotions and they have the they have the privilege really i mean just as the writer has the privilege of communicating something the reader should have the privilege of saying that you know i think this character is uh, this is what the writer this is what the the character is trying to convey and uh, i thought that would happen only if i could say fewer things and not explain a lot and this is true of even the other two characters like raman and dasharatha also because they also there is a lot of uh, exploring of their minds and what they go through and their emotions but i just try to keep everything to the uh, to the bare minimum really and i think it it has uh, worked beautifully i think at least uh, i can tell you from my reading of the book uh, it's worked wonderfully and which Thank leads <laughs> which leads me to uh, a few more questions before we you know open it up uh, uh, for q and a and we have uh, you know several questions that have come in so uh, we'll i want to leave enough time for that also the first one is that uh, uh, so are there any okay so let's start with this book came out in english are there first of all plans of translating this into other languages and are you not are you no uh, when when are you going to present us with your next book okay there is a there is a hindi translation of the work that is underway uh, because i felt that that at least um, i mean i since ram janmabhoomi is in uh, in the northern uh, is in north india and uh, i thought i'll get that translated in hindi there is also a plan to translate it in tamil because i am a tamilian so maybe just the sentiment of it is made into that so the hindi translation of course is to work, work is happening on it and um, of course there is a i'm i'm a slow writer so there is another novel that is coming uh, i think that should at least come hopefully in the next year i mean <laughs> it should happen uh, so i am working on my next novel and that should uh, i think um, 2021 should be the year when it uh, sees uh, the form of a book excellent that's something to look forward to 2021 2020 has been a remarkable year in in many respects so i hope <laughs> yeah. 2021 brings us a lot more you know happy and good news so this is great the second your 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 writing uh, influences and in in that i'll start off by asking you so there are you know uh, several versions recensions of the valmiki ramayan which ones have uh, which ones do you think have left a lasting impression on you see um when I, because i grew up in delhi 
see a lot of uh, the 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 kathas and the ramlilas and all were based on the tulsi ramayan because it is really tulsi ramayan that elevates uh, ram into a into a full fledged god you see there is there is there is the devotion is very clear there and whether it is hanuman ji or uh, whoever they are looking at ram as the as their bhagwan and that is the priya bhagwan there is a dear god so that actually has had its influence on me because i grew up in delhi and uh, of course much later when uh, as an adult i fully studied valmiki ramayana i mean i read through the valmiki ramayana which uh, which which is a style that i also wanted to actually uh, imbibe where uh, of course i'm not poetic at all but uh, the uh, using few words to convey an emotion using uh, using uh, little i mean saying things in brevity is what i learned when i studied the valmiki ramayana it's very well said very well written and um, the 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 greatness of a, a human being is shown in the valmiki ramayana and that i was uh, uh, very much influenced by as a bhagwan uh, the tulsi ramayana conveys that message very clearly but as uh, ram as a human avatar and ram as the as an avatar who does swadharma that uh, left its impact on me because i felt that that's something that we should all do swadharma is doing one's duty whether it is secular whatever in our family or in society that's the most important thing and he keeps doing that so that influence me correct fascinating uh and and i will admit that uh, you know both the uh, ramayans that you talked about the the you know the tulsidas ramcharitmanas and the valmiki ramayan are also favorites of mine and you're so right both of them bring out so different aspects of it and i think uh, uh anyone who's read the the tulsidas ramcharitmanas uh, you know the 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 poetry of it and it just leaves you i think uh, so moved so the second question was now coming to what was your writing schedule style and all and the reason is that many many people want to write but they are intimidated because they look at best selling authors uh, and you know the rock stars of the writing world and that <clears throat> excuse me seems to be a world that is so inaccessible inapproachable that i think many people are simply intimidated and put off so for people who want to get started on a book they have a story uh, in their mind there is something that they want to share they want to tell to the to a wider world and perhaps not in a in a you know blog or an article form but there's a story that is inside of them what is your advice to them well my advice would be like i'm uh, i'm just an every uh, i mean just an ordinary woman or ordinary person uh, my advice would to was to, to anyone who wants to write is that please go ahead and write because what you write is is yours it is unique and you know later we can get professional help to spruce up our copies we can get professional help to market and today there are enough platforms to even publish uh, your book but as you said of course the world out there of celebrity writers and people who will at every step say that you are not uh, capable of writing your your writing is not worthy of being published there are enough people who will say <clears throat> but that's um, i think that's not what we should we should just completely ignore that and if we have a story to tell we should just go ahead and write it because that's like 90% of the work done the remaining part of the 
the the sprucing up the cleaning up of the copies and that can be done because you know i'm a journalist by my day job is that of a journalist and i know that every copy can be improved and improved and improved to infinity so there is no end to that so let's not be worried that you know uh, our copies are bad and we we are not writing well enough we have a story to say just go ahead and say it and you will get published and uh, it, that we should not be deterred by that uh, everybody is deterred even i was i am still deterred because that's why uh, you know admitting anything in public that i have written this or edited that is very very uh, it's a scary moment <laughs> but i think we should just go ahead and write it because it's like i always say to all my friends and to whoever that every person i mean i'm not talking it as a woman every woman gives birth to a child wants to give birth to a child now not that every child is the star or not that every child will go on to become anything great but to each mother her child is unique and special so that's how i look at writing also to each of us our writing is unique and just get it out there you know that is uh, that is such inspiring advice and i you know just get get it out get it put put pen on paper and write your story and uh, worry about the the final details later that's uh, yes. I, i think this is wonderful advice i'm going to go to a couple of uh, uh, questions a few questions that we have so there is one by geeta krishnan who asks being a debut novel given a chance would you be writing a sequel set in the 2020s as a progression of the characters now again without uh, revealing too much about it uh, can you tell us uh, do you plan on writing a sequel uh, uh, at some point Actually, I I I do want because a lot of people have asked me that they that 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 a sequel uh, just makes uh, just makes natural sense. But it is just that uh, you know I uh, there are certain characters that I have been I have uh, I'm just uh, you know I have I have uh, more interest in. So I want to see how I can um, you know progress that. How can I make that characters. come back or bring life into them again so where are they where do they stand so i have looked at it and i have thought about it and i haven't uh, to tell the tell you the truth i haven't come to any um, uh, any uh, any satisfying answers there on how i should move my uh, characters forward It's because my second novel uh, my other novel is not about these that's not a sequel actually it's in a different totally different milieu uh, it's being set it's set in a different world so i haven't yet thought of it but at some point whenever i think that uh, one of these characters because i don't want to use the same character uh, the, the now between the characters who were there who are there in the novel i want to use it from another point of view uh, uh, the sequel should be from another angle altogether that's what i feel so so far i have not been inspired or i haven't found a satisfying peg to peg the <laughs> sequel i must say that we will wait i'm sure uh, you know when when this when when the inspiration strikes when you figure uh, you know what point of view you want to use i'm sure the story will come out we'll look forward to it now the second question is and you kind of uh, you know addressed it uh, uh, but the question is from uh, okay anonymous attendee what is the rationale for depicting kodanda as spineless and you kind of you know dwelled upon his rebelliousness but you want to uh, you know address this question Yeah, I I wanted to actually uh, I wanted to highlight in society how there are some people who have power with them, and that could be any kind of power. You see, intellectual power, financial, physical, whatever power. And then there are those who are powerless, 
and then those those who are powerful are always setting the narrative they are setting the tone they are they are setting the tone for everything you see now i wanted to represent this these two in a family setup and traditionally in a family the parent is definitely more powerful than a child so i mean they can have a very big hold over how they uh, how a child thinks the thinking can be totally taken over by a parent and that's what i wanted to highlight so when i wanted to highlight his spinelessness it is basically projecting all those of us who are just naive perhaps or innocent or not so cunning in our world view you see we are we are willing to be we are okay to be where we are and we we don't have any great agenda but those who are powerful may have an agenda they come with more intelligent ideas and they want to superimpose these ideas on the rest of us who appear to be not so smart or not so strong so that spinelessness is in that context i wanted to spinelessness of course is a very negative connotation you see but what i wanted to show is somebody who will not um, is not going to fight for anything because they are not competing really you know they are non competitive they are not competing with anybody for anything in this world so they 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 are not fighting for name or fame or even ideological victory over others which in some ways perhaps why why he is uh, is her character points to that you know having an ideological victory over somebody making somebody think the same way as you think you see no very very true very true uh okay so let's go to some more questions Uh, so there's a comment by Shankar Subramanian who says that more than the diction, understanding the meaning of the verses helps to bring out the song and Thyagaraja's emotions well. And for example, uh, a Banturithi is one example that he gives. Uh, from Janvi Krishnan, there's a question: Who is your inspiration to write Vedhi's character? Okay, that's interesting because. Um... actually i was uh, i there's not any one percent because see, i mean um, truth be told all fiction writers are just cooking up these stories in their minds so they really have there are no inspirations in that sense because these are not based on any uh, real life people but uh, the inspiration in a way is uh, all those people who are so um, who who can really take charge of our minds by by giving us by saying that their ideas and their way of thinking is right and how um forcefully sometimes how smoothly sometimes they are able to work around our minds so that's what inspired me that idea is what inspired me to um write why dehi see even in those instances without giving away too much of the plot you know she is a she is a trained musician but what she will do is that she will try to uh, make kodanda sing carnatic music without any lyrics you see so that he doesn't have to sing about gods he ah. just has to sing. he he has to just sing the notes like sari gama padanisa because she thinks that each raga is so beautiful each raga has got some sound in it and that music is nice so you don't have to sing about a god now that idea is very you know those ideas exist in societies so vaidhyism is 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 really the uh what is it called the the a potent mixture of such ideas you see interesting it, it is i mean I, th- i think when we come across a very strongly etched character i think we all try and find parallels with real life characters so it's uh, in, you know interesting uh 
so Rekha A has a question. I would like to know more about the research process that Anuradha must have gone through on Kalamkari, on music. How was that process? And she adds, please translate into Telugu also. Yes, I, I must translate to Telugu because after all, this book has, uh, it is, uh, it is there, there is a Telugu speaking world. You know, see, Bhadrapuram is actually, uh, what I had in mind is Bhadrachalam. Which is called uh, the 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 Ayodhya Dakshin Ayodhya. It's called. You see, Bhadrachalam is called Dakshin Ayodhya. So that was my reference point when I went visited Bhadrachalam and when I visited the places around that uh, around Bhadrachalam. Those were my uh, really inspiration to uh, uh, locate the story. Of course, I changed because it's a fiction. I didn't want to uh, give any real life names to it, the place. Uh, it is definitely Telugu uh, based and uh, definitely I want to translate uh, into Telugu. The research work is, of course, uh, uh, I, I have uh, uh, researched work in libraries, books. I've read, out, read up books on Kalamkari or newspaper articles or whatever uh, information I have managed to get. Uh, that's the research I have done. And then uh, even for music, uh, because I myself have, I mean, all like all middle class, uh, like most middle class South Indian girls, even I have learned some music and I made use of that. And, you know, being a Tamilian, I also did a massacre. I had my share of massacre in Tiagaraja. So, you know, those all came from my own personal experiences, you see. And yes, uh, the Kalamkari and the, the geographies of uh, traveling. I mean, I also did a fair amount of research on, you see, uh, uh, Raman's character who gets involved in the Naxal movement in Andhra Pradesh, you see what it means because you know when we, we used to travel in those parts of uh, Andhra Pradesh there's a very you know uh, Medak and all those uh, what is modern day Telangana current um, day Telangana those are all areas which had a lot of this uh, Naxal problems at that time so I wanted to bring some of that into the the novel you see. There's a follow-up question from Rekha again did your experience of being a journalist help to flesh out the characters? Uh, yes, to some extent, yes, more, more than flesh out the characters. See, in when we are writing a story, when we are as journalists, what we do is that we have to be, we have to always ask ourselves why, when, and how, you see, when we write a story. And uh, we have to communicate uh, uh, whatever ideas we, we want to communicate in the, in the shortest possible manner, because that's what... Uh, uh, I mean, especially uh, because I used to, uh, I worked in news agencies. There you have to be very precise with your words and uh, quickly communicate your ideas. So that helped me a lot in how to quickly communicate ideas. And then, of course, uh, uh, fair, uh, uh, being a journalist, of course, you 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 understand what um, what influence news can make on people. You see that the narrative, you know, the narrative is determined by the by those who write the news. That was something that I I, um, I I internalized being a journalist myself. You know, I mean, yeah. So so true. I mean, so true. And 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 I think what we see playing out often enough is a clash of narratives as to who gets the power to set the narrative. And I think uh, you're right. The you know the, the the role of a journalist is to get the story out in the most precise form. So so it's and I think that's come out really well in the book. Uh, next question is for is from Devi Mishra, and the question is: the ideas as well as the events contained in your novel are quite contemporary, since it is written in the wake of the Ram Janmabhoomi movement. Your book is titled "The Friendless God." 
It suggests that the god Rama is friendless, but in the novel, there are characters like Kodanda who are devoted to him, not for the sake of any ulterior motive. A genuine love, I think, is at the heart of his love for Rama. So what is the message you wish to convey through the title? And Janvi Krishnan has a question that is very similar to this one. So I'll read that out also. Does Lord Ram have any friends? This question is asked by Ratnam Venkatesh, Janvi writes. Okay. See, uh, the friendless God, the way it begins is that um, it is, um, there, uh, it was in the context of, I mean, the, the novel has a certain plot of why it is called friendless, because some poet is singing some song saying that, you know, um, you know, you are friendless and uh, let me be friends with you. Because only those who don't have friends, you can befriend only those who don't have friends. Because if everyone had a lot of friends, then they won't need our friendship, you know. So that, that's the context in the novel. That is the way the title gets it. But the larger question of why the friendless God I chose as a title was, you see, here was, uh, I mean, the, the historical context. I mean, here was uh, what many people thought, uh, many people believed was the birthplace of Rama. And uh, whatever be the historical context, it was so difficult for people to build a temple for Rama in his own birthplace. I mean, honestly, that was what was made me feel. I mean, Rama must have been really friendless because for hundreds of years, a temple could not come at his own birthplace. See, that was the, that was the undercurrent of why the title was, I chose that title. Because even, you know, even after December 6, when the mosque came down, okay, the mosque came down, but that didn't mean that the temple came up. You see, that was the irony of it all. See, when the mosque was brought down, the temple didn't come up. And it took almost another 25 years to, for the temple to come up. So there itself, that was the question that, honestly, Ram is really friendless in his, in his own uh, birthplace because it has taken forever for that uh, temple to uh, turn up, you see. That is so true. That's, a, that's such a sad commentary on, on, on the kind of society I think we have chosen to build for ourselves. And I think uh, uh, it, it's, it certainly leaves uh, us with some questions I think we need to, to answer. Uh, I'll ask the next one, which has come from Shankar Subramaniam again. Was this written when you were in India or in Singapore? Uh, it's, I started writing it in India, but uh, most of it got written in Singapore when I was in Singapore. Okay. The idea came in India, but when I migrated to Singapore, that's when I started writing it. Okay, okay. Uh, the next question is from Geeta Krishnan. Uh, what has been the harshest criticism of your novel till date? Okay, one of the criticism that comes uh, is that I have uh, that I have portrayed Vaidehi in a very insensitive manner. That is one of the criticisms that has come about, you know, I must say that, that I have not been as empathetic to her as I, I would have been to, uh, as I have been to Kodanda. And, you know, because most of my readers are also, um, they have, I mean, my friends who also happen to be women, and they have said that, why is it that you have been so, um, you have not, you're not at all empathetic to the character. And uh, they have, that has been one of the criticisms against the novel, you see. So how do you, uh, you know, in, in this talk, you have uh, covered some of those points, but uh, uh, so after you wrote the book and when you were doing your editing uh, process and refining the text and, and other things, 
did you feel the need at any point that uh, you know whether his character needed to be softened up or made uh, you know some people have said that more empathetic or this was exactly how you wanted to portray the character and using again as you said you know a minimalistic uh, style so that uh, people would be you know people would be left free to come up with their own interpretations yes i did because see, as 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 i as i was advised that i should take the advice of all people all especially my editors and i must listen to them and i must follow all their advice my my editor did point out to me that uh, i had to give more meat to uh, uh, vaidehi's character i had to give her some more context because i was not giving her any context and i believe me i actually wrote about uh, a good 50 pages um explaining her character and um, making and giving her more context than what I had given but when i when i read it again i felt it didn't sit uh with any of what i wanted to uh convey because i wanted to just convey the idea that some we are like this just like that there is no reason why we behave in a certain way you know there is a reason of course why we behave in a certain way but there is no great reason why we behave in a certain manner and i didn't want any justification of that you see i didn't want to justify that you know she is like this because this has happened to her and that's happened to her and that's a back story is i didn't want to give anybody a back story there is a back story to her which it's very small which is Correct. and people people can make their own so after writing about good 50 pages on her i i just did away with all that you know i mean i don't know if that was my own ego or pride you know i mean all authors have some uh, issues you know they have some baggage i don't know about that but no, i i think uh... i i i think that has worked wonderfully at least you know my personal experience after reading the book is that it worked worked very very well because often enough we find authors who are too self indulgent and they want to i think they 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 probably are very very hesitant to cut out even one word from their book so if you say you know you wrote 50 pages and then you decided to leave them out i think the book is is much much better for having left that out uh, and to leave us with you know with just what you have put in the book yeah so thank you i i you know i definitely we have one question uh, from vejanti uh, uh, and she asks was there any hostility towards the theme you chose or the background in which you set it though you are not making any political commentary you're passing judgments on the issue did you get questioned about the background okay um, i i would think that uh, the the very fact that i struggled to get it published i mean i i could have got <laughs> i would i would have been rejected for many many reasons but the very fact that i was rejected by i mean virtually nobody gave me any space to publish this itself uh, i felt was uh, maybe because people did not uh, uh, did not uh, like the idea you know uh, and uh, they 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 just didn't want to <clears throat> because honestly the, the 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 book is completely there's not there is politics in the book but it doesn't take any uh, particular stand it's not taking any stand actually and it is uh, and definitely it is not uh, it is not naming it is not uh, it is not at all abusive or there's no there's nothing in it in that sense because not because i want to be politically correct but because those characters are there i mean if you look at a character like kodanda he it is impossible that he can even raise his voice we will alone abuse somebody you know so there there is no question of any of that but yes the perhaps um, the fact that uh, you see uh, 
see later when we when we talk about this now i'm explaining all this in a context in which i wrote now when i try to explain this context some people are not very happy with it you see they'll, they'll say that you know you you you're uh, you know you you're you're trying to glorify the the ram janmabhoomi movement you see that's something that people have said but uh, honestly that's not how i look at it i mean as a journalist you know that if in today's newspaper has certain headlines whether you like it or not those headlines are going to be there so ram janmabhoomi whether whatever be the outcome and whoever likes it or doesn't like it it remains as perhaps one of the most important uh, political and social events of modern india so one cannot wish it away one cannot just ignore it so there has been that kind of criticism at a very very subtle of course that uh, you know perhaps uh, the novel um, you know uh, uh, the, the one of the criticisms that i have got is that uh, you know the novel tries to be very neutral uh, most of the time but then later the the author shows her true colors i mean whatever that means you know i mean and believe me that's fine because whoever if somebody is reading 300 pages of my novel they have a very very good they have the right to comment and criticize and make all the comments that they can and to me that's not an issue at all but that's been one of the uh, criticisms perhaps that you know it is it is trying to glorify this ram janmabhoomi uh, movement or that it is by not giving empathy to vaidehi maybe it is it is not uh, looking at the other point of view you see that has been the criticism i think you you're right i mean the the kinds of comments and 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 you know uh, feedback criticisms that have come by way of your you know uh, for your book and that you pointed out i think is in itself suggestive of the fact that the book has has provoked a lot of a thinking on the part of the reader which i think is in every case a good thing if people end up questioning asking thinking about the book i think uh, it, the the author has uh, succeeded brilliantly like you have thank you uh we have a couple of more questions so uh, devi mishra asks what is your experience with your publisher did you hire editors before submitting your manuscript to your publisher can you suggest any editor you consider worthy of consultation um <clears throat> see i my book was published by moonlight uh, books i mean there's jyotsna khandelwal she's she's a publisher based out of delhi and she's done a good job publishing my book and because she was able to see the pot- uh, the potential because you know after once we get tons of rejection letters you you almost start believing that your novel is not worth publishing you yourself start believing in it so she uh, did um, immediately come up with the idea and she encouraged and she said uh, i think there is potential in this novel and we will get it done um, so that was a good thing yes i i hired an ed- i had i had two editors uh, the first editor was uh, basically just to hire all um, to basically see that the plot was cogent uh, it was clear and the ideas were flowing well so that was uh, one la- one set of editing i got done and then another set of editing i got done was like, like basically dotting the i's and crossing the t's which uh, i think is really required because you know at the end of it uh, there are a lot of typo typos come and then the way we use our language you know that's another problem for some of us you know we we speak the language in a certain way and when we write it uh, it's not the the best of the grammar really and so you need somebody else you need a third eye to tell you that you know another pair of eyes sorry to tell you that you know sorry this is uh, this lesson caught in line with the grammar rules so i managed i had uh, two rounds of editing done for the book and uh, believe me um, that's that's money time and effort 
that is not wasted that we really need it and uh, that is done and i mean you can i you feel free to private message me dm me on twitter and i can refer to you both these uh, ladies they've done a wonderful job with my uh, with my book so so right i think uh, the you know the last mile which is the editing and the proofreading i think is something that uh, uh, really makes a difference between a draft and a published version so and so you know and and many times we see i think first time authors uh, not appreciate the importance of that uh, but that's definitely not the case in your book so there are two comments not questions but comments so i'll read them out and then i'll uh, leave some information for our our viewers uh, who want to know more so uh, from janvi krishnan there's a comment she says it is thought provoking it is a thought pro uh, provoking novel and a nice portrayal of characters anuradha you've written beautifully and it has inspired me a lot by and this is by janki venkateshan and then rekha says fascinating insights into the process of writing and a thoughtful commentary on our times thank you it inspires me to get the book and read it so thank you so much all for your feedback your questions and your comments before we close uh, you can follow anuradha on twitter at anuradha_author you can follow indic book club on twitter at indic book club all one word we are also on facebook so facebook.com/groups/indicbookclub there are a few thousand uh, people already there and uh, having a very very you know good set of discussions and posts so please do follow us on uh, on these twitter handles and uh, facebook and thank you again for for attending we will put this q and a up on youtube in a few days so hope to see you again and continue the discussion and conversation and thank you anuradha once again for coming and answering our questions and the book again is the friendless god by an s anuradha it's been published by moonlight books and it is available on amazon and other websites so please go ahead read it as i said it's a wonderful evocative moving book and thank you and have a good day thank you very much and i once again like to thank abhinav and indic book club and in fact indic academy because they have uh, played a very big role in giving me a platform so uh, thank you very much and um, and, uh, and to everybody out there my readers uh, your support is precious and and to others who want to write go ahead and write your story it's worth it Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Anuradha. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.